Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast. Now, not a sausage fest. Uh, By the way, lest you think that we're classing up the joint, um, spoiler, we teased on the social media, um, Miles' wife, Kelly, is here. She's dirtier than both of us. Going by the first comment before we started recording. This is how I, I uh, like me and my bride to be introduced on a podcast that both of our parents occasionally listen to. So thanks for that. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. The best part is what Steve is editing to. Um, Steve's not here for obvious reasons. Condolences out to Steve. Um, parents are not having a good run at Awards Radar this year. So, um, oh, freaking knock yeah. on all the wood, please. Yes. Um, first yes. On the wood. Just saying. Yeah. Um, so best wishes to Steve. I think he'll, he'll be back next week, but he's going to take some time for, and, uh, deservedly so. Yeah. Um, hearts go out to you, man. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yes. Um, unfortunately the season takes no breaks as I learned, as I, I went through my, um, issue days before the nominations. So, um, that's a thing we're going to handle in a minute. But, um, besides it being fun to have Kelly on in general, the reason we wanted her to do, and by the way, she's sitting in on the whole episode. So let's, that'll be interesting. But we want her here to talk about the conclusion of 28 Days of Love. We're recording this on March 1st. There is no more love. Love is gone. Love I, is I bet dead. Love is still here. Let's, let's, let's not get it twisted. Mm. I, I mean, cinematically. I mean, well, what's the first non-romantic comedy film you watched in a month? Well, I mean, Cocaine Bear kind of snuck in there in the middle, so... I mean, there's a lack of love in Cocaine Bear. There's love of cocaine. The romantic elements are not really what you take away from that film. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it is a it is a touching love story between a, a bear and an upper, but uh, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll but only up to the bo- up only up to a point. I feel like the bear doesn't love the cocaine the way the cocaine loves the bear. Fair point. Fair point. It, well, it's a it's a mutual love affair. I think whoever's in the lead is in the lead. Um. We will get to Cocaine Bear shortly. But first, let's um, let's wrap up 28 Days of Love with some overall thoughts with um, the final films, which I believe we'd already teased out. And then also um, what you learned, what you, what you took from it, and uh, what you think might happen next time around, because uh, conversations have been had. Conversations that I have personally not <laughs> enjoyed as much. As others have enjoyed them. Oh, I... Which means you, the listener, I, will love it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And Miles, what did you learn? I learned that my wife is vindictive, but only up to a point. I'm not vindictive. She, no, no. I, I, I got off pretty easy. She gave yeah. me a pretty big cushion of, like, some indie favorites that, like, aren't really rom-commy at all, but, like, kind of, sort of, technically fit the parameters. So... I... I... Yeah, there was a decided lack of women coming home for the holidays and meeting guys in oh, flannel in your month. Oh, you she could have made me watch I that will. Lindsay Lohan movie. I got off pretty easy. <clears throat> yeah, you got off really easy, and I was very nice to you. So next year, you won't be so lucky, sir. <laughs> oh, yay. I can't wait. Oh, <laughs> we're going to tease it out in a little bit. But what were the final films that you guys took in? I think the last we'd gone on was... Oh... Oh, Do you remember I know what, what you the still date that. What was, was that we last recorded? 
We recorded on Wednesday. Well, okay, but what date? Um, that would be. There's math on this podcast now. Uh, the twenty second. Twenty second. Okay, so that would have been it happened one night where I complained about. Yeah, like, you talked about it happened. One yeah, night. and I d- how I don't like Clark Gable just being a jerk to the lady. Yes, that's where we we dovetail into uh, James Bond used to be rapier than he is now. I feel like we always circle such... back to that. That's true. Sean Connery is paramount. He's sort of the the fourth Beatle here. Oh God. All right. Well, so after it happened one night, the next night we did her. Her. Hmm. Her. her? Um, so you did her. <laughs> hey, hey, not on the making fun of one of my favorite movies. <laughs> no, I absolutely adore it. It's one of my favorite, like Oscar adjacent movies of the past decade or so. Well, I guess it's a decade old now. eh? man. And mm-hmm. it only feels like wow. that much more prescient, I think. That's what I was saying. How did it play now? I haven't watched it in about four or five years. How does it play now that like dating apps and, and Zoom and like we, we live a life very much not architecturally, but everything else, like the film kind of hinted at that we were Well, going. not only that, I mean, if you look around, like, versions of what's happening in the movie kind of already exist. There kind of already is AI, like, little avatars that you can create and be your online girlfriend. Like, it's not going to be the emotional complexity of this, obviously, but, like, it is in terms of, like the tendencies that humanity is going towards, I think it's right on the money and it's only proving to be more so. So yeah, I think it, I I think think it holds the, up remarkably well. Yeah. I do think emotional complexity is not the number one thing that a person who's looking to da- date chat AI is looking for. Well, no, they're looking you know, for I something think. closer to like when Kristen Wiig wants to like strangle a dead cat or something. Yeah. They basically want Megan to tell her, oh tell them God, that. Megan. Me- there's if the, there's probably a company that has created the M3 Gidget. Oh, the M3 Gidget. Um, girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, horrible thought. I don't like the movie to begin with, so I don't want them to make more money. <laughs> um, Wait. So you didn't like Megan? Yeah. Uh, I I think M3 Gidget was uh, banking on you being in on the joke. Ah. And I didn't know, I didn't look at it as a comedy. I looked at it as a inconsistent horror. See, that's so funny because I think you and I probably feel the reverse ways about Mithrigan and Cocaine Bear. I feel like for me, co- that was that. Cocaine Bear for me, whereas you seem to be more in on the joke. Whereas I feel like Kelly and I were more in on the Mithrigan joke. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. I, yeah, I guess I, I guess I did get everything I wanted from a movie called Cocaine Bear, but I guess... I guess Megan did offer it up what it promised as well in a, in a different way. I just wasn't really – I didn't really watch, I think, either of the trailers. So I went in kind of cold. Hmm? That's but, fair. Listen, yeah. it's just – it's a great so, era for silly cinema and I praise yep, Universal. Like, like Skinny Marink. Well, oh, God. I was thinking more like no. Violent Night in 65, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. 65 coming Duh. soon. Duh. Um, so after her – After her, we were originally – Maybe it's the best movie you watched. Oh. It's up there. What was the movie that we were... So we were originally going to watch Say Anything, but class- classic uh, uh, marathon tradition uh, was that sometime between when streaming. we checked it and when we were ready to watch it, it left streaming. And so we had to improvise and we ended up landing kind of, you know, just looking through various romantic things, seeing what's out there. We landed on I Love You, Philip Morris. Very different love story. Very much so. <laughs> I would. 
I I remember it not as well as obviously you do because you just watched it, but I I remember it feeling very <clears throat> like sloppy in its well intentionedness, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would say that sloppiness has only been amplified with time. Almost the opposite of her in that like boy, like like probably for the time it felt borderline progressive. But boy, is it not that now. <laughs> it is. Uh, it does. Even then, I think it. Even it, even I then, felt yeah, like, no. I, I, I think it's it's very much a case of its heart's in the right place. And I think the performance also wants you to laugh good. at. But it just still wants you to laugh at two men having sex with each other. Yeah, it never quite comedically, at least never quite develops beyond that. I think it does still get a pass because like the weird like psychological con man drama is actually pretty good yeah. and Jim Carrey is really effective in it um but yeah i mean as a love story it's it's on the the scale of things where like you're kind of rooting for them to not end up together it kind of feels like and and kelly if you've seen this movie tell me if this makes sense to you also you guys remember i now pronounce you chuck and larry yes. god damn it oh, yes god. so I now I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry was co-written because I don't think their draft was what was filmed, mm-hmm. but the first draft was Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor. God, of about sh- <clears throat> so how 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 can how you far did it fall? How did it? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. But I kind of feel like if they had been able to make that movie, you would have gotten something probably like I Love You, Philip Morris, like still closer to that. Yeah, questionable. Yes. Yeah. Uh, side note. Uh, Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor did a draft on Jurassic Park three. What? Oh, and that and that yeah, paid they, off. <laughs> sure, it did. Uh, yeah, apparently that is uh, yeah. Barry Fanaro has the other screenplay credit on Chuck and Larry. Mm. Now I'm now I'm like, when did there's a decided there's a decided lack of like notes on the production. So Kelly, it's like they've scrubbed Kelly, the this is one of those rabbit holes I was trying to warn you about. Oh yeah, you yep. did warn me about those rabbit holes. Are we about to so this, go wait, down this the a, rabbit hole now? No, we're going to backtrack because you the know rabbit what? rabbit hole if I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry screenwriter. How did we get here? <laughs> yep. Well, we'll be back because I feel like uh, Miles just talked himself into I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry on the no, list. No, fuck you. No, oh, I'm, dr- I'm I've adding se- it right no, but No, I've seen it. I've seen it. So it's ineligible, right? Oh, you know is what? There, Here's this is this is the fair compromise. Let's change the rules because we're good. The if there's <clears throat> no, no fair compromise, you gotta have that involves one. Me watching that movie, I hate that movie. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm saying <clears throat> there has to be one like arrow in his quiver. Okay, so he can he can lawyer style veto. You know, like during like jury voir dire, he can eliminate things, but only if he's seen it, and he has to be honest. Yeah, no, that one I have seen, and I hate it. I will give you a pass because I, I believe that you've seen it, but there's no lying based on reputation. So you can't suddenly remember that you you half-heartedly watched 20 minutes of Safe Haven on HBO. No, Safe Haven, I do remember hearing about the twist when it came out, but I have not seen it. Yeah, it's, it's, it is it's it is worth watching for the twist because of how uh, misguidedly like confident they are in it. Cool. It's all the it's all the chutzpah of M Night Shyamalan with all the with all the subtleness of Uva Bowl. Mm. 
I was trying to go for a, 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 a not not a shitty filmmaker, but a blunter instrument, and Man, I couldn't tough think of room, one. Huh? Oh, cool. yeah. Well, I mean, this is a this is this is what's known as comedy for one. Yeah. Um, so after uh, the Philip Morris um, on the twenty, 20- problematic but enjoyable. Yeah, right? I would say so. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. not even problematic per se because again, that it's it's well intentioned enough that like. Even though it's very much of its time. That's something that I would say overall we noticed uh, going back to this kind of stuff is that even if you'll go back only 10, 15 years, the amount of really casually like homophobic or racist or like just sort of like gross stuff that just characters will just throw out there like as though it's nothing like it's shocking like. We've we've come some ways, but man, it's been a very recent (laughs) state of events. Oh, if we if we back you guys up to like some some sixties uh, and seventies oh, era, well, rom coms, you'll get you'll get some progressive yeah. stuff, but you'll also get a couple of things where you're like, oh, you're well, that's why I put my foot down on Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh yeah. Um, have, wait, have you never seen it? No. He hasn't, but there's hmm. that one character. Um, oh, well, I, 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 I've, I've seen yeah, a lot I'm of sure clips of the Ricky Moon, of uh, Mickey Rooney part, and I'm not into that. Mm. <laughs> yep. The problem, the worst part of it is, as soon as you've seen it or seen a clip, you immediately in your head hear the thing that you go, "Oh no, it's even worse than what he's looking like. It's how he's talking." Because um, it's like it's almost like every racist caricature since then has been like, "Oh, just do him." You don't even have to pretend. You can just do the like imitate his voice. It's it's somehow worse than it's made out to be before you actually see it cool well so i guess i can look forward to that next year no i won't uh, no i won't put you through that we don't no you won't put me through that be, cinematic touchstone breakfast at tiffany's well it'll it'll <laughs> it'll ruin it'll ruin what's otherwise a pleasant enough movie I for mean, you. and enough. it won't i don't think it'll be as much fun i i think i got my aubrey hepburn have, fix this month with sabrina i'm good no you. i did more. say i come on there is. I, I did also say he should. You should do a uh, Rock Hudson Doris Day movie. Oh, that'd be. Oh. I'd be open. And, okay. Okay. And Pillow Talk is legitimately bonkers. Talk. Okay. Okay. So add... it's a good movie. But also, it's a it's a good movie, yeah. but it's wild. Like it's crazy. Like what what the plot of that movie is. It's insane. Yeah, we have to see that one. Okay. Okay. That's well, on. The I'll list. take y'all's word for it. All right. Yeah. Well, it has, it has your favorite uh, trope of that era, like a guy who's like eventually going to win over a girl, but is like kind of a dick to her. Oh, no, I hate that trope in all eras. <laughs> Welcome to every movie made before 1960. Yeah, I've really noticed that watching all these older romantic movies. It's become very apparent to me how <laughs> much of a trope that is throughout cinema. <laughs> Why are all yeah. these guys assholes? Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, so the next sure, movie... Spe- they sure call here toots a lot. Speaking of bad <laughs> behavior, the next movie we watched on the 25th was 500 Days of Summer. Okay. And man, this movie okay. has aged in some weird ways. All right. I, <laughs> All right. I mean, listen, this is a movie that I remember enjoying at the time, but really hating the ending. Uh, I remember you just hated when he said Autumn. Like, yeah, no, it's it's so it's so stupid. It's so and well, and it, and it goes against everything the ending was setting up. It just it's so dumb, and I hate it. You but, really hated that ending where, yeah, he said autumn or she said autumn, and 
I absolutely did not root for those two to get together at all. Zooey Deschanel and Jay... Jiggle, Jogo Lev. Jago Lev. Wait, Jay, Jay Jiggle Jiggle yes. Jogo Lev. Yeah. Joe Jingleheimer. Jogo Lev. That's what jo- it is on the internet. Jogo Lev. We came Jogo up. We Lev. came up with a stripper name or Ooh. Jiggles. No, the, Jiggles uh, is the stripper. Yeah, stripper Jiggles. Name. Jiggles. Yeah. Jojo Jiggles. Jiggleheimer. It's like uh, it. it's like when Channing Tatum was a was a stripper. I forget what his stripper name was, but he uh, he had a name like that. That's funny. <laughs> No, I did not root for them at all. Yeah, it's just the characters have not aged. Like, I know uh, just Gordon-Levitt has even come out and said that he thinks this character sucks. I'm like, yeah, I agree. He like he He's sucks. kind of an asshole. She's kind of the worst. They're it's both a, it's, assholes. It's the epitome of that manic pixie dream girl trope that was like pretty awful right around that time. But um, it's also it's also shockingly well directed, considering Mark Webb hasn't really gone on to do anything else super interesting. Well, they took all the wrong lessons from this movie and offered him a Spider-Man movie, though. How different life would have been because he was the other guy before Bennett Miller up for Moneyball because of his last that, name. Uh, they gave him Spider-Man. That would have been yeah. such a whatever movie. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I mean, I don't know that it. W- I, I think mean, his Bennett career Miller. Been- I don't know. Because that movie could well, lose Miller forty a... minutes and be a better movie, but well, you're a monster. But that's fine. <laughs> you're a monster. I also love Five Hundred Days of Summer. It was like my second favorite movie. Really? It's it's one of those things where it's yeah. like I like the movie in spite of the characters, not because of the characters. I feel like I don't know how much of it I grabbed at the time, but I definitely, when I think of it now, feel like you're not supposed to necessarily fully root for them i think you're supposed to go in knowing it's not going to work and and start to piece together their faults i I think it's supposed to be more that they're they're not right for each other they're incomplete people this is what life is kind of thing oh no i completely it's so toxic well no well yeah it is very much that and joey i completely agree that that's their intention but i think they tip their hand too early by like the very first scene is them on the bench with like her having the ring and it's like and this is not a love story it's like Oh, okay. So sure. it's meant to, it time, immediately was... sets you up. It's like, okay, so this is not them being happily ever after. Yeah. And then you just kind of. Well, that was also more novel at the time. Yeah. No, totally. It, well, I was on the tail end of something like that being novel. I don't think it would. A movie like this would barely push the needle nowadays. No, it was oh, no. still it was still being referenced in the reviews. Like yeah. the Sundance reviews were being like, well, this is, you know, it's telling it differently. Like they were, they were still enamored with it. And I think. Even like a year or two later with Blue Valentine when they were talking about it that way, like, oh, the structure of it all is also, you know, a narrative selling point. Whereas now it would just be, yeah, that's kind of how about 40% of these movies are done. Yeah. Well, and there's, and there's, I don't know, there's a, there's kind of a misogynistic undercurrent to it that, that rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. They, they definitely let him be angrier than a movie now would allow him to be without more of a pushback. Yeah. Well, and he, he just, he, angry. he gets away with some really shitty stuff and like, but also we just get way more insight into his perspective on the whole thing, which, you know, male writers, male director, etc. So she feels like a little bit sure. of one dimensional cipher, whereas he's like a complex First, character. She feels like the dream girl that every guy wants. Yeah. Which is the point, obviously. Yes, obviously. First 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 view, I think I get everything I want like that. I think on subsequent viewings, while I still love the film, I do have that feeling of 
well, I want to know more about Summer. Like, I, I you don't want a longer movie necessarily, but I would have taken 20 minutes longer to have. Or maybe just a bit more check-ins because there's some repetitive sections yeah. to it as well. Yeah. Well, it's it's getting it's getting very into the idea of he doesn't know her. Yeah. So you're supposed to. So it's it's trying to do a complicated thing that I think it does well, but I think you've seen done better. I would argue that aspect. Newstadter and Weber did better with the spectacular now. Like they were much clearer cut about his faults and her overlooking the faults and, and making it clear they weren't right for each other, but also it being, uh, it's not as overt a romantic comedy. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's it. I don't know. I just think, um, I mean, if not the presentation of it suggests they should be together. Yes. I think that's it. It's just a little too like lighthearted and whimsical, but also, I mean, listen, if nothing else, it is successful at convincing you that they shouldn't be together. Um, but just its solution to how to like have a happy ending as a result of that, mm-hmm. I feel is very ham fisted. So what would the sequel be? <laughs> 27 days of yeah, autumn. No. <laughs> just it didn't last days. long, but man, what a 27 <laughs> oh, days. <laughs> what a whirlwind. 47, 47 minutes of autumn. Just 40 oh, man. <laughs> they just like fucking a phone blew, booth he... and never see each other again. <laughs> It's a weird amount of time. It might be like he blew it in the in the office still. Like they kept talking and she was like, oh, oh shit, I have a, oh. I have a dentist appointment that day. And then you never hear from her. I suddenly have to wash my hair. Uh, yeah. But... Haven't heard that excuse yet. No. Mm. Well, we went to a real place with me just now, didn't mm. we? Mm. Um, Not that I've ever used that no. excuse ever in my entire life. Uh-oh. Oh, that'd be great. Oh. Did you? No. Now I'm oh, going to be paranoid yeah. every time you go to the bathroom. Oh my god, I have to wash my hair. He's, she's never coming back? Oh god! <laughs> You're going to get up tomorrow and be like, why are the locks all drilled out of all the bathroom doors? <laughs> That's weird. Mm-hmm. Concerning. So, so after 500 Days of Summer... After 500 Days of Summer, we did perhaps the most... <laughs> blah, 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 blah. After 500 Days of Summer, we did perhaps the most sobering film of the month, uh, which was Moonlight. Yeah. Um, Forgot about the calm aspect there, but it's cool. Yeah, it's, listen, there it, it is centrally a love story, and sure. I think it counts, and I think it's a beautiful, important movie, mm-hmm. and I love its place in film history, but man, it's kind of a tough watch. <laughs> Yeah, it's a tough watch. It's a rewarding watch. It is a rewarding watch. It's not one I ever really... But it's not a movie I relished going back to. And even though I did enjoy the experience just as much, it's it's one of those things where it's like, it kind of has a happy ending, but man, you fight through hell to get there. Yeah, it's... um, I still still really like the movie. I still think the... um, mother's drug addiction subplot is the only kind of like somewhat generic thing in a wildly original movie so it stands out more in a negative way for me i don't disagree with that. but it's just the only thing where i don't feel like barry jenkins has something new to say yeah that's not unfair you know he's found an interesting take on the father figure on on the drug dealer like there's a lot going on with mahershal ali which I imagine on the rewatch, it really hammered home. Also, he's not in the movie as much as some people even still. Oh, no. For an Oscar winning role, he's like, yeah, no, like he's gone before you even realize it. But but like for that brief amount of time that you get him, man, he really commands the screen. Yeah. And in a a low key way, which 
I mean, he did that kind of with both his his wins, but he he takes the road less traveled, I think, with this character. You can imagine a, a more like, not like a Bronx tale, but if you can imagine like a slightly gruffer, like teaching you to be a man, but also giving you the lessons kind of thing. This very much leans into knowing he needs a soft touch and becoming that soft touch. Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's, that's the highlight, I think, of the film. But yeah, I think I think I like the structure of it. I think it's really well designed. Um, I I think it it has a uniqueness uh, to its coming of age approach. Um, And the perspective feels unique. And just even even now, it still feels very singular. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I think they are able to do so much with like kind of a little in terms of like just the scale of it. Yeah. And also having watched all the, uh, Oscar nominees largely watched all the Oscar nominees this year. Doesn't it even stand out from the pack even more as like, wait, this one? Yeah, when you consider all the films that can be up there. Yeah. I mean, you know, Nomad Land fits into that same, like, really? This is not what I normally see winning. But yeah, it's everything about it is is different except for the mother, which was the only like slight downside. Thing. Right. And that was your that was your setup for the finale, right? Uh, yeah, two left after that. So um, yeah. uh, we next go into Moonrise Kingdom, which I know is one of your favorites. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Wes Anderson. And Kelly, do you want to take the lead on this one? Oh, what? Our, yeah, you're oh, here. Oh, my God, I'm here. Oh, hey, guys. What's up? Um, I love Moonrise Kingdom. Some people may not find that they love Moonrise Kingdom, but I love it. Um. Can you hear me? Yes. I heard you. you. You delivered it like a Wes Anderson line. I did. Quirky and, and unnecessarily long for saying <laughs> it was a good movie. You, it fit very well. Um, I don't like uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Okay, Joey. You and I. I don't like Wes Anderson. No? Why? Uh, only when he's animated. Because it's just stiff and weird and never connects with me. All right. Well, that's fair enough. He's not for everybody, but I find. Very yeah, acquired yeah. taste, for sure. But I found that. You know, it's it's one of those young love stories that I I favor. Maybe some of us aren't yeah. into that necessarily, but no, I like them. It's just it, his particular brand of quirk. I find um, like I want to strike him. Well, and listen, I've talked about this on the pod before, and I mentioned it in my tweet. This is the film that turned me around on him because for the longest yeah. time, I felt much the same as you do. Um, when I had just seen Steve Zissou, didn't really like that. See the Royal Tenenbaums and just the poster and just like, oh, no, this is not for me. His stuff is just not for me. And then Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest, French Dispatch, and obviously the animated stuff. Like, over time, I got really turned around on him. I'm so excited for Asteroid City. Okay, listen. I do. Go ahead. <laughs> I was about to say, I, do, I remember liking Royal Tenenbaums. That was my introduction into Wes Anderson. And I have never watched it since my first viewing the year it came out, which would have made me like early teens. Okay. Um, so I don't know. So I, I'm I I, I kind of don't want to go back and go. Oh, I didn't. I don't actually like this. I, I I'm happy keeping it as one of the ones like in his upper tier. But I think his brand of whimsy, let's say, uh, when it's an animated form, makes sense, and I buy that's it. That's fair. And when it's sure. Flesh and blood human beings—they all look like they're on they, a new drug. They don't act like they're they're human, right? Yeah, which is 
Oh, which can be interesting. Like, yeah. I, I don't mind a deadpan thing. Like, I think sometimes I, just the way he his his flavor sure. is not it. Because, like, there's that movie, The um, the Art of Self-Defense. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we um, saw that one. Yeah. Riley Stearns has a similar, like, deadpan, like, characters yeah. kind of stare blank. I'd agree like, with that. Like, poor man's Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah, very much. Well, yeah, um, Yorgos is all about that style. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you want to, did you like... Um, Art of Self Defense. Yeah, yeah. I think I he made my. It. Did you I, like I think his it first one? Probably made my top ten that year. When was that? I made my top ten. Do you? Five years ago? Four years yeah. ago? Pre pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to say like 2019. Um, 2019. Yeah, that's yeah. 2018, 2019. I think 2019 would be yeah summer of 2019. Sounds that sounds right. right. Or um, he also made a movie before that. Ha- was it uh, Faults Cracks? Fa- Faults. Yeah, I remember seeing Faults. when it came out, but I never actually saw it. That's all right, but he made a new movie last yes, year. Yes, with at, um, uh, Sundance, Karen Gillan Duel. and uh, Aaron Paul. Yeah, I yes. didn't see it, but I wanted it's sci-fi. To. Oh, sci-fi, sci-fi. Oh, oh well, then gonna we're gonna have to on, add that to the list, huh? Put it on the list, but Wait, it is that what, so oh, absurdly <laughs> deadpan. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll we were talking about that, but yeah, it's a Duna tease. We're probably in June or something. Thinking about doing sci-fi summer. So. You got sci-fi suggestions, throw them out there, comment on, on I, social media. I immediately I immediately led with Serenity. Yeah. All right, Serenity, and what were we just talking about? Um Duel. Duel. Yeah. Okay. Don't watch the Spielberg movie and say you, you No, I've seen the Spielberg movie. Make it it's great. I know. All right, cool. Also, I guess you could save sixty five for sci fi summer if you wanted. Nah, we're gonna see that. No, it's never gonna, never gonna wait, be in theaters. Wait, I'm about to say it's only gonna be Hold there on. for like a week. Nah, it's Uh-oh. gonna do well because it was cheap to <laughs> make. Oh like, wait, that's the movie that's that true. was made specifically for you, wasn't? it? Yeah, no, it was so nice of them to make that yeah. specifically for me. It's like Violet Night all over again. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, all right, so we, yeah, Wes Anderson, not my cup of tea. People who like him really like him. There's not a whole lot of Wes Anderson is cute and fine. I. You're either into it or you're like it doesn't work. I will work. say this: I could tolerate Edward Norton. Um, now here's the thing: she's normally not a fan. Normally not a fan, but I have. Do you find him like a poor actor, or just a like his like aura is like oh I I can't stand now, him. No, you're probably gonna tell him too, aren't you, Joey? So <laughs> I mean, not... well, I, I, I have, have heard his number one fan is Edward Norton. Worst. <laughs> she thinks yeah, you're right? a jerk. Um. Well, well, thanks for that. I'm sure is what he'd say. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's what uh, Andy Samberg says. This yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> that's a callback. Wow. Um, no. Andy Samberg needs to make a new movie so we can do that again. Oh. <laughs> he did. It was Chippendale Rescue Rangers. We spent a silly amount of time talking about it. It's great. That's true. It's great. And I, and I didn't do a Steve. Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, I don't think he was on that episode. I, that was part of that run where oh, he wasn't that's with why. us. Okay. It's not. It's not. Okay. No, sorry. No, go, no. Go it's fine. Um, no, just. She's under orders to quiet us down. We'll hey, hey, awesome. simmer down, both See? of you children. I wasn't saying a goddamn thing. <laughs> there we go. Uh, if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me. <laughs> both of you. All right. And then we only had one more film. Uh, we closed hold it out. On, hold Oh, Edward. sorry, sorry. Ah, Kelly had a point about Edward down. Norton, uh, and I interrupted just, her, and that's okay. Interrupting me right now. I'm so sorry, my uh, love. You go ahead. You make it. your point about Edward all Norton. Right, you all make right. your point. Thank you. You simmer down too over there. Fighting for the right to say he's, she thinks he's a not 
fun actor uh, well, to watch. Well, okay, here's my thing. I used to think he was a jerk, and I did hear, you know, some things that he didn't get along with some co-stars, and he was kind of like all about himself as Edward Norton, and I just didn't think he was um, appealing, but now I think he's... I think he's matured, and I think after seeing Moonrise Kingdom, I don't know, I just, and Glass Onion, I just feel like he's a mm-hmm. team player now. Yeah, I, I feel like he's in this period of his career where he's much more about ensemble work, and I actually think it's bringing out some of his better late career stuff. He's he's, yeah. he's like an onion. He has layers. A glass a onion. A glass yeah. onion. Um. I wonder if, yeah, like maybe being in ensemble pieces are easier for him to be like, well, what? there's enough people here that they can't fuck it up yeah. or whatever his worry was. Because it seemed like he would do the thing, and this is a weird comparison, but go with me, that like 80s Stallone was doing, sure. which is like yeah, every time sure. you I know found exactly out about it, you you're mean. like, <laughs> every IMDb trivia for every 80s Stallone movie is Sylvester Stallone had disagreements with the director and ended up fil- uh, helming most of the film himself. Yeah, exactly. Um which is why I wonder if uh, Michael B. Jordan was like, please don't be in my movie that I'm directing. Please, for the love of God. <laughs> yeah, I want to actually direct this. But yeah, I think Edward Norton seems to seems to be quick to go to war as soon as you're not giving whatever percentage he's giving. Sure. It seems like he's a poor man's Tom's, Tom Cruise. I like, can see that. You know, I can, like, well, like, like Tom, Tom Cruise yeah. for the New York theater cl- crowd. Exactly. Like Tom Cruise builds his movie around everyone being on board with, by the way, guys, I'm kind of your God and I'm <laughs> a benevolent me. God, but you have to worship me. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he never says it, but you can tell like everything is set up for like, it's it, in the subtext. <laughs> yeah. It, it is all designed for if it comes down to someone has to make a choice 100% of the time, it will be Tom. Yeah. Or Tom. Everything will go through Tom. Um, whereas Edward Norton, I think was trying to do that, but Without, like, the cachet. So that's where you get the, like, Incredible Hulk uh, problems. And Mm -hmm. you've seen, especially... American um, History X was the big one. American History X, yeah. Which, you know, very much is him, like, I'm going to kind of take over this project. Oh, yeah. You know, he he seems like he's ready to knock you off and take over at the first sign of anything. Yeah. I I also maintain that him doing Birdman and playing a character so close to that was maybe a little bit of a sobering moment for him. Oh, wait. I yeah, have Birdman and Glass Onion. Yeah. Well, I think Glass yeah. Onion is I, him at peace with that. I think because so shortly yes. after Birdman, you start seeing him doing Wes Anderson stuff and do more group prop projects and things less. Also, he finally did his like passion project that he directed, which I know he'd been wanting to do for years. So I think he's maybe a bit more Motherless zen Brooklyn. now. He, he's, he's mellow Well, now. it certainly put a lot of people to sleep. There you go. <laughs> I never saw it, so... Yeah. It's very boring. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think he would never have. Yeah, he would never have made Glass Onion ten years ago. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's just not. it. Yeah, he he would have had too much of an ego about it. Yeah, but nah, he he's mellowed now, out. Now he can. He would have wanted to. He's chill. He would have played like whatever the version ten years ago that Batista's playing. Like instead oh, of like a men's right. Yeah, well, because well, they like, were talking about the original idea of the script would have been closer to that. Absolutely. Like yeah. his character in Fight Club, ironically. <laughs> you don't talk about that. A little bit. It's the first oh, one. yeah, we don't talk about that. Yeah. We also don't talk about Bruno. We've got a list going. Oh, no, yeah. no. It's hard to keep track. Oh, no, no. no. Um, and so we have one more day of the 28 days, and Kelly was yep. such such a little peach. 
I was a peach. And she let me watch my favorite romantically inclined movie, which is Paul Thomas Anderson, the Anderson that Joey is much more inclined towards. Uh, His Punch Drunk Love. And I Punch Drunk Love this movie. Did you punch it? Damn right. We've talked about it several times. Oh, we talk about it all the time. And it's great. It's one of the greats. And every time I go back to it, I just remember why it's so weird. It's so strange. But it's endearing. (laughs) Very much so. And got a Golden Globe nomination when they don't do weird at the time. Back when we kind of pretended they they had some level of influence. Yeah. That's a weird movie for them to go for. But also... uh, um, the he loves me, he loves me. Or he needs me, he, he needs, needs me. me. Or the Popeye song. The Popeye song, yeah. It's it, great. The use of Fantastic. that is just, it's brilliant. Yeah. And like Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman, talk about like a minor role that absolutely steals the show. I mean, 30% of his dialogue is fuck you. No, exactly. <laughs> just fuck the, you. the phone conversation alone is like one of my favorite pieces of acting in isolation I've ever seen. Yeah. It that was that was maybe more so than any individual scene or sequence, the evidence of like don't sleep on Adam Sandler oh as my an actor. God. Don't do I, it. Well, that because was the one that he and Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. go toe to toe. Yeah. No. And they're both at like the height of their powers. No, they're not like he. Philip Seymour Hoffman is not going easy on Adam Sandler in that scene. No, not at oh, all. No. So the fact that it is so even really speaks volumes. No, Sandler, this was the one that completely turned me around on him. But like, and like, it only happens once in a blue moon and maybe a little more often these days. But like, God, when he wants to be great, he can be great. And this is an example of that. Yeah. One of the best, still one of the best examples of that. Bad men, women, and children. I I wish he would do Mm. more dramatic roles for sure. I would say this and like uncut gems. Maybe get out of here with your. Sure. And 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 (laughs) hot. And Hustle. And Hustle. I haven't seen Hustle yet. You gotta watch Hustle. For for Sandler Summer. Sandler Summer. For Sandler Summer. There you go. All oh, right. God. He has oh, enough wait. movies. He does. You can make one of the months. He does, but God, I'd Do have we to wait through to? some real fecal shit to get through. I mean, you don't have to, but I, I do like the idea. No, no, no. Because it has a ring to it? Oh, I got it. What? I, I have a better ring to it, and it's much shorter. What? Sandler Seder. Right around Passover, you do a couple of things. <laughs> oh. Is that cultural appropriation somehow? I don't know. It's my culture, so I, I can give it to you oh, okay. for the uh, Well, then why don't you cover that one? Oh, we'll so... be over here not watching Adam Sandler movies. Oh, you don't want to watch Baby, I don't... Billy there's like, Baby, there's I don't like need four Adam Sandler movies I would happily watch. The rest are kind of like... Ooh. Okay, name them. Uh, name them? Uh, Punch Drunk Love, Uncut right. Gems, Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Um, fourth one. Are you going to say Waterboy? I was probably thinking like Spanglish. Oh, Spanglish is a good one. Yeah. I mean, I could add Funny People and Rain Over Me. I, funny People, and... I like like maybe half to 60% of it, but that third act really sure. loses me. It's a bigger swing than the movie needs. Yeah. For it, sure. It, I, I don't know. Um, it, it, and, and his character especially what about... loses me. What about Fifty First Dates? That is a good mm. one. Oh, oh, shoot. Okay, next next year. Next year. Um, what about? Uh, let's see. What's a acceptable one mm. from the like silly ones? I'm trying to think if there's another silly. Oh, you don't mess with the Zizu. You mean the Zohan? The Zohan. Zohan. The Zizu. No, you don't, you don't mess with you, the Zizu. You don't either. mess with the Zizu or the Zohan. 
Yeah. Oh my god, I might have liked that movie better if it was just Adam Sandler traipsing uh, around that movie. No, Happy, Happy Gilmore is my favorite of the silly ones. I guess if we have to do a second silly one, I do kind of like The Water Boy. The, 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 Wait, did you include Big Daddy? No, I don't like Big Daddy. I like Big Daddy. I love Big Daddy. Big I love Big Daddy. Come on. <laughs> Big Daddy not only is Big Daddy, I would argue, is good. Spoiler alert, will show up in an upcoming piece that I'm writing about the best uses of Springsteen on film. Oh. Okay. And All right. has the added bonus of it being the movie that got Joey Lord and Adams paid after she got her Golden Globe for Chasing Amy. Oh. Oh, okay. Golden nomination. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, well, would you, so would really you rather really someone? Happened. I'm really glad to hear about that thing about that person. <laughs> well, but would you, cool. well, what's better when someone does that or when someone signs on like Jamie Foxx being like, I'm making stealth after I win my Oscar? Uh, Boy. Well, you know, we have too many of those. Well, all right. So, fair, fair point. Oh, fair point. It's very important to note now, mm-hmm. whether there's Sandler movies watched in the future or not, yeah. that um, 28 Days of Love will return. Uh-huh. But, but it'll be twenty nine days of love. It'll be twenty nine days of love. That's right. Twenty nine whole days of torture. F- Which I mean, love. Yes, love. Well, no, no. They, remember, as we established the ground rules, Miles can't have seen it before. Uh, I require more calm in my rom or rom in my com. Uh-huh. <laughs> Three. Uh-huh. And you will agree with this because I believe it's already been discussed. You have to watch the movie Leap Year on Leap Year. Oh, absolutely. On 20, yes. on, February yes, 29th. That's fair. Um, motion was already uh, proposed and carried that you'll watch the Sandra Bullock romantic movie 28 Days on the 28th. Yes. Fair. And I've said I need at least one um, probably gotta do conservative. Probably got to do 27 yeah. dresses on the 27th. Uh, there you go. Oh, yes. Finally, I can add um, that. Yes. I think you have to do at least one uh, culturally conservative faith-based so romantic with movie. So Kurt Cameron is what you're wanting. I mean, fireproof for one of those is definitely there. But if you want to lean into like the Christian rock biopics, oh, there's that too. Okay, okay, all right. I still believe in things like I that. Still believe. Um, Please don't. Oh. Yeah. So you got those. Are you crying over? I think there? you have. Uh oh. <laughs> I've also uh, having a moment. Oh, be, it's okay. There will be one. There will be one Nicholas Sparks uh, movie, yes. and we've decided which one it is already. It's Dear John. Mm-hmm. And oh, I've also said for your, one of your modern ones has to be Wild Mountain Time because wow. Miles kind of knows very little about it except that it had a strange reaction. Mm-hmm. Kelly knows even less except that I told her it's a romantic comedy starring Emily Blunt and Jamie Dornan. You, She's sold. I was already sold. So Christopher Walken's in oh, it too. Christopher Walken. Oh, isn't that the one where he does like a really bad Irish accent? Can. Oh, and that's not the part that you're going to be talking about, but yes. Wait, can you do an impression of Christopher Walken doing an Irish accent right now? Well, I can't because I haven't heard of it, but Joey? Joey? Um, It's kind of just, ah, Ah. I'm I'm Irish and Christopher Walken, he doesn't really, he's just kind of muddles his own accent and doesn't, he just does another language that doesn't exist. (laughs) It's it's very Christopher Walken, but he's pointless in the movie. Unfortunately. Fair enough. Um, I will leave most of the rest up to you, but I think you got to lean way more into the like Bride Wars of it all. The uh, Bride Wars, you say? That's in the Anne Hathaway and yes, uh, and uh, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. 
Kate Hudson. I almost said Catherine Heigl. Catherine, I was like, she's in. Is that really yeah, about the love in... though, or is that just about the spat between no, the friends? I don't know. It's a love that of counts. friendship. No, you know what? You know, know what? He's perfectly know. right. He's perfectly oh, right. We rescind on. that film. Come on. No, no. You should watch. Oh. The Gerard Butler, Catherine Heigl, The Ugly yes. Truth. Oh, and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. No. Oh, you know what? Don't <laughs> no, give him How to Lose a Guy like in 10 this. Days. No. But here's another one we talked about. Give him Failure to Launch. Failure to Launch. Oh, oh my God. No, That's a what. good one. No, Come tell you on. what. If I'm going to do a bullshit Matthew McConaughey one, I vote Ghosts all of right, Girlfriends all right. Past. All right. I don't know. Okay. Right. If, if you have a preference. Though I, I do like Failure to the Launch more than I probably should. It's it's surprisingly cute. I don't think I would be into it. I've seen a bunch of clips of it on TV, and I think yes, it's whatever. Yes, but seeing clips versus seeing the movie. Oh, well, movie. getting the full cinema experience You're of Failure to the Launch was, I thinking, of course, I gotta have the full experience. Can I, uh, here, you know what? Because you're a good sport, I think right in the middle, you should put as your, like, completely off-the-wall palate cleanser, Tommy Wiseau's Best Fiends. <gasps> oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, okay. Is that a love story? Because I don't though? care what that movie's. A- I don't care what that movie's about. I'm sure there's some sort of weird love story going on because it's Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, let's look it up right now. All right. But I think no matter what, we're going to form a way for you to watch it because how can you how not? Can I not? It's, I, I, I mean, I've the, come so close the, so many the, times. Is, I mean, is the poster now? is is the two of them almost kissing. <gasps> I love when people almost kiss. Uh, well, here's the uh, here's the one sentence uh, thing. A drifter and a quirky mortician. Hold on, I think Kelly just broke. I'm I broken. Yeah, I, I heard. If you look at the picture, I that joke it. makes a lot more sense. Almost kiss. They almost kiss. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Joe. Um, I'm supposed to be drifter. wrangling you guys. Yeah, I know. I'm terrible. A drifter and a quirky mortician. <laughs> a drifter and a quirky mortician both learn a lesson about friendship and loyalty Aww. when they form an unlikely business partnership that becomes complicated by paranoia. And more than business partnership. Eroticism. Pleasure. Mm. Well, Tommy only stars in it with Greg. Greg wrote it. Yeah, and someone else directs. So it's a hybrid. But I think. No, I remember seeing the trailers uh, if you, when it came out. It's it's you know it's them finding an excuse to do another thing together. Essentially, is it kind of like a polished the room. No. Oh, it's not going to be nearly as much polish. Yeah. Is maybe not the word I would use, but it will feel more like a real movie almost. A clean turd. Yeah, because it's made by like sort of a director. Almost yes, as opposed to like sort of a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, maybe he vampire. We'll see. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we see. Um, but I, I think this works in the same way that, like, listen, you wouldn't call Decision to Leave a romantic comedy, but if I told you you want to put that in the middle, you'd be like, yeah, I could sell that. Oh, no, I think that one's about, like, the relationship and maybe not a love Yeah, yeah there's, story there's no, there's no calm. It's if, if we're allowing true romance, then I think that one can get in. Speaking of true romance. Oh, yeah, Kelly had thoughts on I, true I heard romance. you were. I was. I heard you I were. You were upset. Bamboozled a little. <laughs> And um, when I say a little, by a lot. Oh, true man- romance! Had- it's in the title. It's all about love and romance and all that. No, truly, truly, true romance. And it's written by Quentin Tarantino. Or did he say that under his breath? 
Oh, no, I hyped no. up that aspect no, of it. Like, I, I gave her as much notice as I could. Uh-huh. I told her it was going to be uh-huh. the most violent movie we watched that uh-huh. this month, and it was. Mm-hmm. So I propose that he would have been, at this point, better served just showing you um, natural-born killers. As Might that as well. Yeah. Except I think True Romance is a better movie. Much better. Much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this was a much better podcast and we had money, as soon as Kelly said bamboozled, the Malcolm X clip would have played. Damn. But we don't have that kind of money to license it. So imagine that it happened and how classy and uh, I'm polished that sounded. Oh, that's great. Yes. All right. I, I think we did a good job. Go on. Yeah. Well, real quick, before we move off of 28 Days, we have some uh, awards to give out. For the yes. Month. For the month. Best. So, so first of Best. all, Kelly and I talked it over and, uh, you know, we talked about our reactions to the films overall. And, and how much you love 13 going on 30. Yeah, just so much. It just makes my heart go like, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, um, so we- you might want to get that looked at. Yeah, probably. We have- Yeah, I'm getting an echocardiogram in a couple <laughs> weeks. You want to come with me so you can get a price on the Oh, two? yeah, sure. I'll fly out to New York for that. <laughs> that, that, that makes sense to do. Oh, oh, I didn't tell you about the thing I'm flying out to do. I can't. Uh, after we're okay, done. Okay, after we're okay, done. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Something very cool that I will be able to talk about on the podcast in a couple weeks Ooh, is happening. Juicy. Very mysterious. Um, so we have determined a top five of the films that we saw that we both sort of more or less agree on. We may quibble about the order, but we both agree that these are the ones. And Kelly. 13 going on 30 before midnight. Yeah, yeah. You know, all the hits. Um, but Kelly uh, has uh, the list of the top five that she will now read for you guys. <clears throat> Dick Poop. The the top five movies overall. Yes. Ah, uh, are you ready? <clears throat> Number one. Um, City Lights. Oh. Oh, we're just starting with the best. Wow, she. Didn't, oh, I'm didn't going right in. Yeah, see. She don't fuck well, around. I don't fuck around. Yeah. You're already singing that. That list is already singing Moon River. You're so deep in it. <laughs> I'm not gonna sing, but maybe. Uh, t- <laughs> do I? No, no. You don't want to hear. Say, save for Patreon. I will. All right, and bamboozled. Um, two Roxanne. Okay. Roxanne. All right. Three once. Four. Nice. Harry Met Sally, Five, uh-huh. Shape of Water. Mm. 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 Oh. Shape Shape of Water, the uh, shameless Oscar bait movie where a monster with a retractable penis has sex with a deaf mm. woman. Bait. Yeah, I know. It's the kind of thing that just, it shows up time and again, and they reward it time and again. When will these things change? A girl wants to fuck a fish. What? It's such a cynical movie, clearly only made for rewards. <laughs> By 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 noted uh, hate monger and heartless bastard Guillermo del Toro. Oh yeah, he just doesn't have a, a loving bone in his body. He's he's purely fueled by greed and and lust. Well, I feel like this is the opposite. As we saw, as we saw, as we saw in Shape of Water, yeah, someone's missing a bone in his body with his retractable situation. That uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, oh, uh, uh, there we go. It opens up like a clam. <laughs> yeah, it's probably more. It's, it's probably more of a muscle. Right? A muscle, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a mollusk. I don't it's more back. of a mollusk. A mollusk. Well, 
That's in the, the that's in the deleted scene where like even deaf she goes, Holy shit, look at that. Oh. Well, it's the silent Bob, like he gets one line per movie. <laughs> yeah. Or she doesn't she just does the dog who doesn't understand. <laughs> and it cuts like hard cut to the next scene. From the makers of I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh god, no, no, go. we're not circling back. No. <laughs> Okay, so moving on. So those were our top five. But in addition to that, as teased last week, Kelly and I have also gone through and looked at all the major couples from all of these movies, and we have given them a grade of one through five. We were very serious about this task. We did did individual grades, and then we sort of averaged them out and sort of- We did math. So we we have definitive couple rankings. So we're not going to go through the whole list, but- there were only three who got five out of five, even when averaged between us. And there were three who only got one out of five. Who suck. So we have our top five or top three and our bottom three of the couples of the month. How, how good the relationship is. Does Jennifer Garner and uh, Mark Ruffalo show up on both lists somehow? I wish. Uh, actually, I was about to say, surprisingly, you, no. Lists. No? Neither list, actually. No. It's because... They were each because they, they were on different lists of yours, and that averages out to neither list. Well, yeah, because I had it as one, but she had it as three. So ultimately, it's not low enough to be. I got worth. canceled out. Yeah, preferential balloting. Mm. So this is not a reflection <laughs> on the movies, but the None couples within the movies and how good they are for each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, here, Kelly. Uh, here, what are the uh, what are the three where the couples were the best for each other? The, the five the five stars. The couples who won five stars are Moonrise Kingdom. Because they're cute little kids and they're perfect for each other. They're so cute. <laughs> City Lights. So pure. And Roxanne. Roxanne. Beautiful. We're, we're committing to that joke. Yes, we are. Is it a joke or That's is it fine. just an involuntary thing reflex yeah. that happens? Huh. <laughs> it, it sounds like the Shape of Water monster's penis sound would like make. Like a clam. Like a clam. Just a rock sound <laughs> as the clam doors open. <laughs> as the clam doors open. Oh, God. Gross. <laughs> open, oh, open the pod bay doors, Hal. Stop. Um, <laughs> you know what? What? You know who would find this very funny? Mm. Probably Guillermo del Toro. Really? Yeah. Oh, perfect. Probably. <laughs> he 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 would he is from everything I understand about him and from that one dinner that I had with him, very much the man who would laugh at. Please make fun of the penis in my monster that won an Oscar. I find that horribly amusing. Like he would be in. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I love that. It's his favorite remix. He's like it, he would say something along like, "Oh, this is the remake I want." You know, like he would be so into it. He'd start being like, "Can Can Quaron direct it? Can Alfonso?" <laughs> <laughs> Start casting it. He's like, I, I can get you. I can get you, Sally Hawkins, but only for two days. Two days. There you go. Should do it as a favor. All right. Now on the flip side. On the flip side, these were, are the worst the couples worst that we agreed are the garbage. worst. Garbage. Go ahead. So we got the couple from Five Hundred Days of Summer. <laughs> mm. Okay. Because they just obviously the movie's about how they shouldn't be together. Sure, sure. The movie agrees with you. Um, much ado about nothing, but specifically the guy from House and Kate Beckinsale, because he like throws her to the ground at their like wedding and like screams at her and like calls her a whore to everyone in her family and storms off. 
then she pretends to be dead. Then she reveals herself to him when he thinks he's marrying someone else. Spoilers. And then they all... Yeah, spoilers for this fucking centuries-old You know, in case you ever... Um... And uh, and then and then but it's they a all, modern story. And then they get happily together again, even though they've been like screaming at each other and throwing each other around and pretending to be dead. What a beautiful relationship! It's all- directed by directed by Kenneth Branagh. Oh, it all makes oh sense. Oh my god! And then uh, third, we have four weddings and a funeral. Uh, just because no, no, absolutely. And not. I'm I really don't like that Richard Curtis trope of just like. It's like the, oh, I'm getting married right now, but also what if I just like threw all that in the gutter for this woman I've spent like a grand total of an hour with over the course of years? Wait, did we answer this? Did you, Have you seen About Time? No, I mm-hmm. haven't. That one should be on the list. Oh, so I would like to see that. You, you get a, that's a good one you get on the list for all next right. year. I have to start making this list. Oh my gosh. Well, at that. Well, you have to just listen to this episode. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh. Also, by the yes. way. Kudos for not choosing the Joss Whedon much ado about nothing. Uh, oh, yeah, that was uh, that was a bit of a no brainer. <laughs> um, no, because I've seen it. Is it terrible? And I it, I remember it. I remember giving it like the mildest positive rating because it was getting like such good reviews. Mm. But I was like, I don't know. I think you're giving it just a lot of credit for not being the Avengers. Eighty seven percent of Rotten Tomatoes right now. Really? Well, he was hot. Cabin in the Woods had just come out. Yeah, that makes sense. But he sucks, so. Yep. He is apparently, he is notably a sucky person. He is? Mm. Mm. He sucker. He sucker? He's, I was trying to figure out what he sucker, but I couldn't figure out what. Mm. So, he's just a bad dude. We don't like him. Just a no so. good guy. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no good guy goes unpunished. Yes. All right, so that's what. So yes, moving it. on. All right, so we got that out of the way. So yes. guys, uh, so, so we'll this is back. our announcement that Kelly is now the host of the Awards Radar podcast. Oh what? She's leading the show. Yes. All right, great. All right, Kelly, what are we talking well, about next? You're all fired. <laughs> well, you know what the pro- Well, you know what. The funny part is, people listening for our uh, PGA and SAG coverage had to sit through an hour of. Uh, 28 days of love yeah you're you welcome. are so welcome <laughs> so we're gonna progress a little faster all now. right moving i don't want on. I, I also didn't i also did not want uh kelly to feel left out if we got too deep in the weeds oh uh, no that's okay um i can keep up so for the i i need a ruling on the rules for this question from kfleet 208 okay. okay they say if you had to give each best picture nominee one oscar what would it be so for each of the 10 films we have to give them an oscar oh, win. okay now, here's my question. Are we interpreting this as they're taking a win away, mm. in which case you're navigating how this is going? Or for the sake of simplicity, is it just in a bubble if you had to give them one of the Oscars, it's not taking away from anyone? What would it be? In the same in the way of like, you know, if you perhaps like me hate Elvis. Sure. You could really play around with it and be like, well, I would give it. They would bring back best adapted score. Or give... So all the nice Elvis music could be uh, rewarded. Or give it to costumes for Elvis. Or... Yeah. Sure. Something like that. But in that in that way, in that manner, mm-hmm. could you then, if you were lukewarm on women talking, let's say, say, well, I'm gonna, that one would get a, a costume also. Like you could, you could uh, reappropriate without taking away. Or do you have to factor in that they're all winning an Oscar at this 
Oh, Everybody gets an I think award. That's much more. Difficult. I, I think I think the I've, easiest way to look at it, because unlike the recalibrations we sometimes do, we don't actually know yet how some of these races are going to go. So I th- so oh, I think and, for and the sake of how we... not like pulling our hair out through like trying to like predict probabilities, I think let's just say in a, in a vacuum, it, uh, you know, we choose this film. We can give it one and only one. What's the one we give it? Exactly. And if they all wound up getting the same one, that's just how the cookies. Crumbled. Exactly. Um, even though it's in not isolation, what, what is not having happen. to think about any of the other films. Yes, because as you can tell, we're, we're, we're all a little loopy. And also, we still have another topic. So here, okay. All Quiet on the Western Front. Okay. You have to give it something. What are you giving so it? So we haven't seen it yet. We're going to be seeing it on Monday because it's going to be back in theaters. So we will have by the time yes. we do next episode. So what would you say? Based um, on what I've heard, maybe production design. Yeah. Sure. Um, I'm going to go uh, real um, non-confrontational and go at... Uh, International feature and just oh, not put okay. it in anything else where it has competition. That's fair. See, I would Which, have gone international uh, feature in many different ways. <laughs> yeah, but you can't. True. I know. <laughs> I know. You're not allowed. Um, same. Uh, so I will also do the same and say for Avatar The Way of Water, visual effects. Yeah, visual effects. It has to I be. I mean, no brainer. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The Banshees have been sharing. Ooh, that's a tough one. So there's one. a few ways you could go here. I think personally... Like screenplay, you just have to feel you have to feel good about this win, though. Yeah, I like screenplay is a strong contender, but I think I might actually say Feral. I think that's the part of the movie I keep coming back to and really like emotion emotionally. That's the part that really resonates with me. Sure, and and you're not actually taking away from a Brendan Fraser right right scenario. Yeah, okay. I you know what I might follow suit there. Um. It would be that or supporting actress because I also, you know, yeah. but I think I would be happy with this was his win. I just think it's too early. And also they seem to think that. too. Yeah. Elvis. Costumes. Costumes, I guess. Yeah. Based on the trailers. Um, I really, I really want my um, like soundtrack nomination that I'm bullshitting because I don't want to give the movie anything else. But I guess costumes or makeup gun to my head. Even not though the makeup, not makeup maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. Well, it, it, it might, it's about to win the goddamn Oscar. It, um, oh, yeah, well, yeah. We'll talk about it next oh week boy. when we do when we do final predi- final predictions. Oh god! Oh yeah. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Well, Miles is the same picture. Best picture. Gotta be. I mean, like, it, like frankly, it could be like every category it's nominated for, and then some. But picture feels like the easiest way to just acknowledge all of it. It just wins everything. Sure. Um, I'll say uh, Ki Huy Quan and sporting oh, actor. Yeah, hands he would down. Be, he would be the second. Hands down. Sure. The Fablemans. I'll say picture because it was my number one movie of the mm. year. I will say one it got snubbed for supporting actor Paul Dano. Yeah, he absolutely yeah. got snubbed. I I think he he was the one who stole the show in that film for me, and like he's had an incredible year, and like this is up there with like his best performances. So I think it's it's a very egregious snub. But what, okay, so what would Fablemans be nominated for otherwise? Or what, like, out of what it is nominated for? Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe director. Director? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can go director, I can go picture, I can go supporting actor for Judd Hirsch if I'm not beholden to only one person with the prize, but picture. For that one scene. <laughs> mm, I love I love that Judd Hirsch scene. Okay, scene. Tar. Oh, uh, Ironically, probably Kate Blanchett. I don't know. 
Like not, not in a scenario. First instinct to find another win. Not in a scenario where she takes it away from Michelle Yeoh, but just in isolation. Her performance is the thing I like the most about the film. That's that's the best part. I'll say Todd Field screenplays. Okay. Mm. Okay. Because I'm keen on the idea of him having a screenplay. I mean, a, an Oscar. He has a screenplay every time. That's fair. Which so, has only been three times, sadly. So screenplay. Yeah, original screenplay. Okay. Top Gun Maverick. Oh, hear me out. All right, yeah. listening. Any, any, any of your cinematography is editing the sound, right? Okay, totally viable. Yeah. yeah. Best picture. You know why? why? Tom Cruise gets an Oscar. <laughs> Thomas Cruise gets and if an he, Oscar. And if he has an Oscar, shouldn't it be kind of? Here's your Oscar for saving the movie theaters, essentially, <laughs> not for a performance, but for like. Thank you, Tom. Like. Like essentially made up or not, pretending that you put the the industry on your back and made this thirty year old sequel happen just to save cinemas. Yeah, I mean that's a beautiful narrative and everything, but also this is a movie that sat on the shelf for like five years. So like it it happened to come well, two, out at two years. It was tinkered with for never for several years. Well, it, it it spent a long time in the oven, is my point. So I think the well, timing of its, its release be- its obviously benefit. ended up working out in its favor, oh. but it's not like it was pre-planned specifically. It wasn't Tenet. Um, no. Well, look what happened when when Tenet planned the same. Well, release. exactly. Mm. But I think. Uh, oh, don't you remember that video of Tom Cruise? Definitely not going to see the movie, but saying he did. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, like he funny. snuck into the <laughs> theaters. Remember, because he at the end he's like, "What a movie, great movie!" Like he's the master of not saying anything. Oh, totally. Well, he um, would love that Harry Styles quote of like, "It's a movie that really it reminds you of what it feels like to watch a movie." <gasps> totally. What? Well, my point is maybe he maybe he sat there for two minutes and then went, "Oh, this is what's going to say. I got this. I I'll, I'll, I know what's going to save the movies." Like sure. I, I if he wins he gets up and thanks Christopher Nolan. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, just to be a dick. <laughs> I I don't know. I think How much more would you love Tom Cruise if he did that? You're like Tom Cruise is a dick? That's amazing. Uh no. I I think he's too much on the edge with all the weird stuff to like yeah. to like he he doesn't have the luxury you, of getting to be a dick anymore. I was about to say are you implying that like well-trained very um robotic scientologist full of charisma don't do weird things at the Oscars. You know, of I th- I, th- I think there's uh, I think there's probably going to be a bit more of uh, an eye on preventing that this year. Call it a hunch. Better watch Tom Cruise. Yeah, exactly. Better watch Tom Cruise. He's a wild card. I I, I, um, I get Thomas your um, I get your point about the picture, but at the same time, I feel like sure. that's more of a like special achievement citation. Like yeah, where are those? Bring them back. Like I don't because I don't think you can make the argument that it is the best of any particular lineup. It is my second choice among the ten. It, well, mine too, but that doesn't mean I would vote for it necessarily. It means you're ranking it second on your preferential ballot. Yeah, no, I'm aware of that. Which is how they win. It's exactly. How, but the, this but is, I'm this not. I'm not we talking about in terms of whether it would actually happen. I'm talking about in terms of what the film deserves. And in terms sure, of what sure, the sure. film if deserves, this was, I would probably go more like cinematography. Okay. If this was a better podcast, that would be the Adam Sandler uncut gems quote. This is how I win. Oh well, <laughs> yeah, you know, we can dream. Yeah. Yep. Kelly, Top Gun. Where's it? Where's it coming out on top? Ooh. Well, what was that? Gun. Gun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Stop it. Um, for me, I would also say cinematography. 
Yes. That's fair. All right. Thomas Cruise does deserve a thank you Oscar. I, th- so I think he'll, I think get, he'll get his Oscar. I don't think I don't think we need to like force the issue here. All right. You said it like a threat. He'll get his Oscar. Oh, By he'll damned. get it. In space or otherwise, he'll get, he'll get it. No, yeah. no. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is filming a movie in space. Yeah. Triangle of Sadness. Do we have to? I don't want to. I think if I had to choose something, it's probably screenplay, just because that's clearly where the focus was. No, I can't do I it. never uh, saw Dolly that Leon. one. So... Dolly de Leon, actually, yeah, th- th- there's a convincing argument there. So I can I can get on board with her. I can't. Uh, that first act, I will never give that screenplay an award. So I. Where I sat there going. No, I was just saying I never saw Triangle Sadness, but I only saw bits and You're pieces lucky. of when Miles was on the airplane watching it, and all I could see were like people throwing up on the ship. And <laughs> so what? you watched about forty yeah, minutes and forty-five yeah, minutes. Yeah, in. so yeah, I got a lot the of gist. that midsection is real tough to watch. So I'm not doing cinematography or directing or anything like that. So no. what else would it get besides? I like Dolly DeLeon. She's because her section of the movie is when it's at its strongest. Sure, that works. I'm cool to move on from this. All one. right, moving on. <laughs> and finally, women are talking. Women are talking. They are talking. Now, see, I would say screenplay for that one. Yeah, probably. Although my close second choice would be maybe like Jesse Buckley. She was the acting standout for me. Hear me out. Okay. Production design. Okay. That barn. Okay. The barn. The barn was glorious. <sighs> I don't know, man. It was The a, barn feels like a character. It was it a, is a character. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think it was a barn. <laughs> it's um, much more than a barn. A low-key, like, back in the day when we split up sound uh, editing and mixing, I think the, the, the voiceover narration is, like, malicky but done well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. Keep in mind, I like this movie a lot. I just don't have a real like standout among anyone. I guess one. Ben. Uh, oh, are you going to be the Claire guy Foy? who only gives it to the guy in women talking? The only man. No, but I was. But I was the man, and I will take credit for this. After the world premiere of the film at Telluride, who told the crowd of fawning pundits who were like, "This is going to win Best Picture," that watch it's going to get one nomination, and it's going to be Ben Wishaw. And I was closer to being right than they were. Yeah, well, I was predicting it at the end. Yeah. Uh, good movie. Very good movie, in fact. Yeah. I just really wanted to to remind everyone that notably mildly problematic uh, Mark Wahlberg said women are talking. Oh, my God. Why did they give that to him? I well, do not understand. Well, also so giving weird. an award to an, Asi- to an Asian cast yeah, film. Yeah, I know. When the I third know. thing you know about him is he blinded a Korean dude. Jesus Christ. Like it, It's just so, like, tone deaf. And it's like, he hasn't even done anything noteworthy this year. What, Father Stu? Get out of here. Like, what are yeah. we doing here? It's like if... It's like if Mel Gibson gave Best Picture to oh, the Fablemans. Right. No. Oh, Oh. Oh, I don't no. like yeah, that. Yeah, I can't you, but like Spielberg will get up and like rip the Oscar out of his hands. Like, give me, give me. I don't want you touching it. Yeah. Oh God. I I tell I you what. The, I have to get this steamed. Well, that's that's <laughs> now. If that happened, that'll be my vote for the next slap. Yeah. Just, just Spielberg. Like, Pla- get, place get your bets. You. When's the when's the next slap in Oscar history going to happen? Oh. It can't happen this oh, I year. Thought it was too gonna, soon, I, but maybe in a few too years. Too soon for or, a slap. Too soon for a second I thought it, slap. I thought it was getting the full like miniseries treatment like that Fox show or was it NBC? The Slap, the slap with Zachary Quinto and other oh, people yeah. probably. Yeah. Which I, I 
Was it about like on the playground or something? No, like it was that? like it was, it was like a, a barbecue. Party it was like a barbecue, with, like some people, some families and some kids, and like kids are fighting and somebody gets slapped. It, it, it fully didn't get through a first season to tell you what I happened, mean, right? Clearly, it, it, yeah, it's, no. yeah. No. Okay. Um, before we wrap up with the mo- things you guys came to actually hear us talk about on the uh, the award uh, stuff on the awards you mean they radar. Didn't come yeah. to hear about the love and the the rom com. Some people did, Some. but they probably have your last names. Oh, they do. So keep yeah. yeah. So um, Ryan McDermott has a film hawk face off that can move us in that direction. Okay. Um, since I guess we already kind of talked about Cocaine Bear, so we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good. You guys seem to think it was whatever, and I liked. I it. liked it. Um, yeah, it was. I think I'm probably the lowest of the three of us, but I still thought fair. it was fun. I enjoyed it, but I just didn't. Okay. I don't know that I found anything super special about it. <sighs> you sure. take that back. Uh, film hawk. Yes. Uh oh. That bear is gonna be pissed. Uh you know what? Sci fi summer. Meth Gator. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, if they've got it ready. Oh no. I, I can send you a link like tomorrow probably. Oh <laughs> you don't have to. But yes, please do. <laughs> no. There we go. Miles, you might have to review it if I do that. I'll do it. <laughs> All right, let me see if I can make it happen. Um in the meantime. Go ahead. Tonal shift number seven, Ryan McDermott's film Hulk face off, Jamie Lee Curtis films. Oh, nice. Oh. It'll tie us into where we need to go. Oh. Escape from New York or Halloween three. Cameos in quotation. What cameo like she's on the TV in the background of Halloween three? Yeah, it's a, it, I, we're not gonna have to talk about her performance per se in this uh in this one. Okay, that's All wild. Right. And what was the first one? Um Escape from New York. Where's she in Escape from? Oh, is that the same thing? It's also Halloween? I believe oh, so. Oh, that's oh. funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Halloween 3 or Escape from It's Halloween 3 for me. I fucking love Halloween 3. It's so weird and goofy and crazy. Escape from New York I like, but I think I had the misfortune of seeing Big Trouble in Little China first, and I just think that's a better version in every way. That's fair. Um, Halloween 3. I. Yeah, I- I'm okay to go with that. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Meth Gator's not out until the summer, Ooh. so that works out. But, Darn. but, but. Is that really Miles, sci-fi? Like <laughs> sure. Is it a sci-fi well, original? I don't know. But, Miles, would you like to talk to the partners of the asylum? Oh. This is a, you kind of do, right? This is an off-air conversation, but maybe. <laughs> you should do it. Because <laughs> we can set that up. Yeah, well, you might even get a job out of yeah, it. Yeah, great. They seem like the hot. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Don't you want to? Don't you want to do uh, um, Spanish fly tarantula or whatever they're gonna make next? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, but like, I don't know. They wouldn't hire me. My writing's too good. Yeah, maybe. I. You know what? They see. They might be the kind of people you can say that to in an interview. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, why not then? All right. Well, yes, you're right. Off air, we'll discuss this potentially very exciting development. Here we go. Um, as I have to tell you about that other thing we can't talk about yet. All right. From cameos to two of their best performances, Trading Places or A Fish Called Wanda? Fish Called Wanda. Fish Called Wanda. It's one of the best comedies ever made. Agreed. I would have nominated her for that role. Yeah, agreed. My Girl or Freaky Friday? <gasps> ooh. ooh. Uh, mm, gosh. Uh-huh. Uh, Freaky Friday. <laughs> I I've seen neither. <gasps> Freaky Fred. That uh, well, my girl might be a rom com almost kind of. I guess. I mean, 
So you have to make them. Then you, but you probably have to make them watch My Girl too. The bees. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and then you and then you watch the uh, and then you watch uh, the Wicker oh, Man. Oh, perfect! It, it's a perfect segue. Yeah. The bees. The bees. Um, and then B movie. And B movie. Yeah. Is that a marathon? And then maybe it's something. B Beaver. Beaver. Yes. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> this is just building up to Miles and Kelly having to watch 365 movies a year. Oh, God. oh no! Somebody pay me for all Tr- this. Somebody can. That'd be me. Oh. For this part. Oh. Listen, we'll figure something right. out. True Lies or Knives Out. Ooh, two of her best, I think. Knives Out. Really? True Lies. <gasps> Fight ah. me. <laughs> I love True Lies. I think it might be certainly one of Arnold's best and one of James Cameron's best. But I think I'm going to go Knives Out. Is it because Kelly's sitting next to you? No, it's because I just yes. it's the one that I would go back to more frequently. Mm. True Lies, I would Fair go enough. back to once in a blue moon. Knives Out, I could go back to like pretty frequently. Understandable. Kelly, if this was a better podcast, we would re-record your Fight Me, and you would tell me eat shit instead. <laughs> Should I just say that, and then you can like? Steve's never going to do it, but if you want, I'll set you up. <clears throat> hold on, can I can I say it now? Well, or we can just keep all this you- in. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Eat shit. Say knives out. Well, no, first of all, say say knives, knives out. Knives out. I'm going true lies. Eat shit. There we go. We got all there. right. Steve, can you just add Somebody that? That's like how you know this of- is a better podcast, because we took the time yep. to do that. <laughs> Somebody is like slamming their table going, for the love of God, tell me who's winning Best Actress. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Like the acting races are like the tensest they've ever been, and we're over here dicking around. Sorry. <laughs> we <laughs> The awards rate our podcast. We make you edge. <laughs> it's actually not a terrible uh, title. Um, mm. And finally, Halloween... Or everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, man. Oh. I mean, obviously, Halloween. By now, if you don't know, this is how he does it. I can't help No, you. no, he's he's good every time. Mm. Um, I mean, Halloween's a classic, but everything, ever all at once is like transcendent, like genre-defying cinema, and it's like the best thing ever. So Also, that. she's great when she's making those awesome sounds when she's going through the office, trying to get to Michelle Yeoh. It's like, nah. she looks like a cave troll. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Um, I have to go Halloween. What? She's, I, oh, I it of the she is the least of all those performances for me. She's good in the movie. I mean, for for performance, yeah, Halloween gives you a bit more to work with, but yeah. still. Oh no, film wise, uh, everything everywhere is a better film. The Halloween's great too, but performance wise, I think. I think her best performance is. I would say True Lies. I was ranking. I would say A Fish Called Wanda, one. Mm -hmm. True Lies, two. Mm -hmm. Halloween, three. Mm -hmm. Everything Everywhere, four. Trading Places, five. Of what we've talked about. That's fair. Okay. I would maybe throw Knives Out in there above Trading Places, but otherwise. I mean, she's good, but she never stood out as like give her an award type. No, no, no. But just like. Say the same thing about this one. In the ensemble, she's good. Sure. Um, well, let's dive right in. All right. So before SAG mm-hmm. was PGA. Now, when we last left you, the Daniels had won Best Director. Every uh, And All Quiet on the Western Front had uh, 
gone big with BAFTA. Yes. That's where we were. So I talked about how DGA, or maybe I, I don't remember if I did, but it has definitely swung the director race towards the Daniels as opposed to Spielberg. Very much so. To the point where I think it's probably done. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning to. Well, especially after PGA. (laughs) Yes. And in the meantime, when we talked about BAFTA, I reminded you guys that BAFTA is a little bit racist on occasion. Yeah, which is why I take all the everything everywhere snubs with a massive grain of salt rather than anything that might be reflected on Oscar night. Yes, which is interesting because one of the two supporting categories they may be on the something, not necessarily in the person, but in the situation. Yeah. But could have been in that because in between was PGA, which was always seen as the giant litmus test for everything, everywhere, all at once. Could it survive the preferential ballot? Obviously, it has big fans, number one votes, number two votes type thing. But there is a certain segment of the Academy, perhaps your parent or grandparent, who doesn't make it through the first half hour. Right. Because I'm not watching this weird Marvel movie and they move on. And that is a 10 or wasn't on their nominee ballot at all. So how does that factor in as compared to, as previously mentioned, Top Gun Maverick, a movie designed to be everyone's two or three or four and and take the take the cake that way. You know, same with the Fablemans, even though that is sort of hemorrhaged and uh, moving away in the in the sort of awards eye. I would I'll make the case. So obviously everything everywhere wins, solves its uh, last remaining question. But I wonder if they had not given Tom Cruise the like Lifetime Achievement Award mm. and made him like almost the centerpiece as much as as uh, their the big award. They really hyped it as like this is the Tom Cruise night. Um, that maybe a couple more people might have been like, I'm gonna give it to Top Top Gun. I don't know if it would have been enough, but I I wonder if Top Gun was two and could have been one. Maybe, but I think also, I mean. The proof is in the pudding, and I think what we've been seeing over the course of it is that, if anything, Top Gun was more of a critic's darling than, like, hitting in the places where we expected to from, like, actual voters. I think what we're seeing a lot of is just, like, it's, like, I... I've seen I've seen scenarios uh, as far as predictions where it walks home empty handed. And I don't think that's very much completely so, yeah. outside the realm of possibility. And like to go from being like the two or three for picture to that is pretty. But I think the same could be true of the Fablemans or even Banshees. Yeah, let's say two and two, three and four in Best Picture could all win zero Oscars. Yeah, exactly. Which is wild. And like, yeah. I mean, but number like five or six in All Quiet could lead the wins in a weird world. Yeah, totally. Even, even I don't think though it will. I think I think regardless everything you're looking at a scenario points. where everything everywhere leads above the line. Yes. But um so while we'll get into that. But yeah, so uh PGA kind of ended the race, but then the very next day SAG really puts a an exclamation point on oh, that with uh, giving them <laughs> their top prize. So that that is that is set as previously mentioned, um, Mark Wahlberg somehow was chosen to bestow upon that that honor. So weird. Is this like, it's his apology tour 20 years later, 30 years later? A little too late. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little too late. Um, But beyond that, that was set, sort of set in stone. Top Gun wins the stunt one, because sure, why not? And uh, Kiwi Kwan wins supporting actor. Yep, no doubts. Kind of getting him back on Trout track and locking him in now the other races Mm -hmm. seen as close we were waiting to see what happens um we'd kind of you know from ten thousand miles away a couple months ago always 
sort of said this seemed like Brendan Fraser and maybe Michelle Yeoh. This was like their baseline, and could they build upon that? Yeah. And the answer was they really didn't. You know, the, um, Brendan Fraser has Critics' Choice. Mm. Austin Butler has um, Golden Globe. Eh. Colin Farrell has Globe. Eh. But Colin, Fra- but um, Brendan Fraser now also has SAG. Flip side, Austin Butler also has Baffling. Right. And so it's it becomes so, an issue, well, as we're about to see with all three of these categories, of like, which one do you wait? And also, I think I think what I'm seeing a lot of, and I think until we get any new information, I think this is what it's going to ultimately be, is we're, most of us are just going to have to go with our gut on some of these. So... Oh, yeah, you're not going to get anything new. So is it going to be between Brendan Fraser and Austin Butler now? Or? At this point, yes. yeah. yeah. I think Colin Farrell, SAG was his last stand and it didn't happen. So, yeah, I don't think that's... The only thing... BAFTA SAG would have been the, the two to... Right. Would have given him that and Golden Globe and then he would have been the front But now... Well, because so he, he led yeah. the critics uh, for the most part. But... Um, I think it's interesting. Which, again, doesn't give you good information. No. Why? We all thought that would be Brendan Fraser. What? And then- Angela Bassett as well, as we're about to get into. Exactly. But I think well, we'll get there the minute. only way that Colin Farrell, I think, wins now is an Adrian Brody vote split situation. Yes. Which is not- Which I don't out- particularly see. I don't think it's likely, but it's not impossible. Um, I think that I think there's enough hardcore fans of the of the Paul Mescals and, and Bill Nye's- yeah. That they're they're not gonna go for their second or third choice. I think they're still gonna check off their guy. They don't seem like filler. No, you know, like Bill Nye is very much like meant to be the number four, but he wasn't campaign. He was campaigning with clearly the passion of we like the film because it got that second nomination. Yeah, there were years where like a Michael Caine in The Quiet American, like ain't no one putting that guy as their winner when it gets down to it. So you can you can move on and choose between four, or in that case, it kind of became three. I don't know that they have that this year, so yeah. I don't know that we can use it usefully. But it's just where you weigh, weigh those awards and also how important you think momentum is because Brendan Fraser is going to be the last winner going into the night. Yes, which and has potentially the more emotional story depending on how much you weigh that. I think it comes down to, and we'll decide this next mm-hmm. week, is it more important that Austin Butler is in a movie they like a little better in a in a style slash genre that they are gaga for giving Oscars to? Or is the ability to go for like pulling at the heartstrings more important? So this- or if, if, if you want to look at it a different way, if you want to look at it just on the well side, like that was the Elvis case, right? Yeah. Is it more important that we're in that this is the easy vote, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're kind of like, if I blindfolded you, it's what the Academy does. Conversely, for um, The Whale, it has the momentum. It has arguably the more important Oscar-related precursors. But it's a slightly more divisive film. Remember, it has three nominations and very close to a fourth, pretty close to a fifth. Like, it didn't miss having a real good day by much. Yeah, yeah. However you want to read that is like, is it a special week because it couldn't get over that finish line in, in kind of weaker categories? Or is it sneakily strong because it came close as opposed to being just an acting play? And also the divisive nature of it. True, true. If it was but a preferential think, ballot, it wouldn't win. But I think the nominations that Elvis has, it was it was probably less on the fence about getting, if that makes sense. Yes. So that's, that's sort of what's in my head as we go there. So they 
full on did what we thought was going to happen. It was going to go close into the night because nobody, you know, pulled away. So 50, 50 split right now, assuming we're taking out the Colin Farrell's of the world. Um, we had always kind of thought like maybe Brendan Fraser wouldn't be after because Elvis doesn't translate abroad in the same way. Maybe sure. we were wrong. But had that happened, you would have been like, this is a foregone conclusion. Yeah. This is what's yeah. happening. Um, as we're used to, because every other year, that's what happens. Just the same person wins most of these awards. No, it's been, it's been very spread out this year, which is kind of cool going into uh, yeah. the, the final night. Compared to last year when we said the same thing about Best Actress until Jessica Chastain just won all the last minute things and clearly won. Yeah, exactly. When it wasn't actually a close race, it seemed. Best Actress, same thing. Went exactly as we kind of ultimately thought it would. Kate Blanchett, Michelle Yao, winning exactly what we thought they would, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're balancing this one on if everyone is voting for this movie in picture and it's going to possibly have the most wins, like, why not also go here? Yeah. Or do you just like Kate Blanchett that much that you're giving her a third? I don't know. Also, it's, again, the type of role that they reward more often. It very much is. Even though it's, and it, it's yeah. one of those things where, yeah, just, you know, it's like the, the Francis McDormand one for Nomadland we just saw a few years ago where it's like, is it the best? I don't know. But it's like it's up there and she's a great performer and everyone loves her and it's. Uh, and it could be the one place to acknowledge Tar, but also in a world where Fablemans and Top Gun and maybe even Banshees go home empty, could go home empty-handed. Like, there's no reason Tar couldn't be among that ilk as well. Um, exactly. So we will see. I mean, all I'll say is we watched the SAGs, and if you look at Kate Blanchett when Michelle Yeoh won, I think she wants Michelle Yeoh to win. Oh yeah, like. <laughs> Oh yeah, as I've said, she spends half this. She spends most of her speeches being like, "Why did you do this?" Yeah, like, like she she has I didn't not tell you been to do pushing this. at all. No, and I, you're right. I think she'll happily step away just to have let Michelle Yeoh have that moment, have that spotlight. I think that's what no. she prefer. I can, I can. I, read. I think so too. Now, since we don't have to talk about ensemble, because that was everything everywhere. It was. It didn't go up against. It didn't go up against All Quiet on the Western Front. It didn't go up there on PGA either. So if you want to have like a conspiracy theory that that's really the number two, I could listen to you, but I don't. I don't see a world in which that's what's going to overtake it. But no, that's we'll talk about that that, one more that's next a, week. trying to predict a long shot. There just isn't the evidence to support it. Yeah, though next week part of our conversation will be about how well that film is going to do. Yeah, well, and we'll have and I'll seen it, so the we'll be able to talk yeah. more about it. We'll find out. Perfect. But with best supporting actress. They really made this a, I couldn't possibly tell you what's going to win with it's any certainty. It's, it's chaos. It's absolute chaos. Because they've basically recalibrated Angela Bassett as the early critics favorite who didn't actually win with anyone who votes for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't have that on my bingo card. Um, they made Carrie Condon, who really had sort of been until late in the game, not even necessarily thought of as a likely nominee. Or like maybe she gets in as five to have one of the key wins, albeit one at a fa- at a show that went further along for her film than others did. Yeah. And Jamie Lee Curtis, the performance to some people that got in because she championed the film as much as because of the work she's doing, mm-hmm. was never seen as anywhere near a threat, but has that crucial last win from her acting brethren. And then you go back to the Michelle Yao of it all of like, why would you not give it to her? Honor her too. Yeah. And with 
now this set up as two veterans who most people would be fine on having an Oscar with a, a newcomer in between. The newcomer kind of fades into the background as opposed to necessarily a vote split. I think she people just sort of pick their their fighter, you know, becomes yeah. uh, let them fight. And and if it's like that at this point, I'm very tempted to go Jamie Lee Curtis. I would vote for her. <laughs> yeah, it's wild that it got that way. I mean, just a week uh, ago. Is Kelly in the Academy? Yeah. Because if so, we should have known about this earlier. Why didn't you tell us, Kelly? Oh, uh, surprise, <laughs> everybody. Oh, that would have been such a good Which resource branch you to in? have. I'm sorry. Yeah. Slipped. Which branch are you in? Michelle Branch. I'm on the Michelle <laughs> Branch. I knew she was going to give me a, a, a non-branch answer, and I really wanted to just figure you out which one it was going to be. It. Yeah, you know, you did what I wanted, yeah, yeah. but I, I was, I, I did not, I did not expect Michelle Branch. <laughs> Who could? Thank I you. felt like I'll be here all night. Tree Branch. <laughs> like I don't know the the like fun people branch. Like you know, like <laughs> like trying to like guess instead of the like I'm I'm just showing no respect for the question, which I really love way more. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Yes. Be, Kudos. Be here all night. Exactly. Um, go. You will. Be, yes. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Going back to supporting actors. Yeah, I think. Listen, it's it's wild to me because yeah, just a week ago, Angela Bassett seemed like such a sure thing, and now it's like almost in retrospect, it's like why did we ever think that? Because she didn't have those like meaty wins that she needed, and but at the same time, she had that veteran narrative, but. Jamie Lee Curtis has the veteran narrative in the film that's probably going to win Best Picture. So, I, yeah, that probably gives her the edge. I think BAFTA keeps Carrie Condon, like, in conversation. Um, whereas sure. I think Stephanie Hsu and uh, Hong Chow are just sort of happy to be there. Um, yep, very much so. But, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a fo- – all three of these in a lot of ways are going to be – I think the only one, to be honest – that I feel more confident in after SAG is Michelle Yeoh. I I think I think this puts her on enough even footing with Blanchett. Oh, she's that in. that the uh, the enthusiasm for the film, which as we've now seen the preferential ballot didn't get in the way at all. So it's clearly a very natural, very emotional reaction to the film that I think could can carry it beyond the more intellectual sort of thoughts about like the, which performance is better. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. So that's where we're at going into final predictions. Voting is about to start. And right after that, it'll be pencils down. So we'll, we'll get there. And uh, in the meantime, next week will be our final predictions episode. For real. Yeah, for reals. Um, and it will be, uh, <laughs> you miss, uh, you can't see it, uh, but <laughs> folks at home, but, uh, Kelly just sort of like leaned f- back and forth into the mic. Like she was about to say something and then I just, ultimately I missed my, out. <laughs> no, I missed my window. I'm like, Oh, should I say something? Oh, should I make a noise? Uh, uh, uh no. <laughs> see, this is, this is where the video would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. Video, but just to see her be like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. No, no. it's like a cat when it wants to go jump up on the cat on the on the bed. He goes, nope, no, nope, didn't no, have that no. one. Yeah, exactly. Nope. I'll, I'll try again later. <laughs> um, so we'll be back next week with our final predictions podcast. In the meantime, Miles, say where you can be followed. Kelly's gonna do the same. You can coach her if she needs. And your assignment is Miles. After you have to go through. Uh, 
28 Days of, of Love in question mark next year. Tell me, a, tell me a film that you think might be on the docket now for um, 31 Days of Horror. Oh, for this upcoming year. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, well, you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. Please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They're both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. Definitely uh, check out American Exorcist if you liked Kelly's presence on this podcast because she's in it. And she's very, uh-huh. very good. Aw, thanks. And she definitely didn't get cast because she was sleeping with the director. None whatsoever. Um, and as for third... For, first, uh, first, Rita Wilson tells me this about a man called Otto now, you guys. <laughs> what? Oh, what can we yeah. say? Mm. Um, as far as something for 31 Days of Horror, I mean, I always like to sort of circle back and get some, like, all-time classics that I've never seen. So, like... Something like The Omen or The Fog. Um, sure, sure. Try and get it. Maybe there. she, maybe she deserves a, a film now. Oh, so, oh, so you you're talking about something yet. that like I would punish her with. Wait, wait, hold sort on. Of, yeah. Okay, hold on. So maybe something like Martyrs or um, oh boy, yeah, yeah. Frontiers. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Suddenly, I have to wash my hair. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, call back. Oh, All right, Kelly. Good. You can do the same with where you want to uh, be followed and promote and all all that jazz. And then um, now that you have that information, that movies where people are, are full-on flayed could be in your future, uh, fill in another uh, 28 Days of Love slot. Fill it in? Yeah, with a potential option that Miles will um, break out into hives upon hearing. Oh, should I? Ooh, yeah, I should. Should I say it now or should do I just do your worst? Do first, your worst. First, say where you can be followed and all that. <sighs> all right. Um, hey, I'm new. Um, so she's like, I'll be back. I'll be back. Maybe if you guys will have me. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at KK Hughes, and that's H U E S I L uh, Illu I L L U. Um. I feel like you're going to get zero new followers from that. I know, for spelling it out. Yes, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> You've lost everyone. Oh, no. All my followers on social media. Also, this is a long-winded way of saying you're going to make Miles watch Titan as the love story. No. Right? We watched that. Watch no, we already. watched that on uh, 31 Days last year. No, 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 no. I know, I know. <laughs> I was just trying to think of something like that where it's like, Miles, you're going to watch a, a girl fuck a car now because of this. <laughs> he already saw it. Um, <laughs> Voluntarily. <laughs> I seen it. He seen it. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at Kelly K Hughes 84. And I will not spell it. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> so fuck you. Yeah. Follow her, but fuck you. You had your chance. <laughs> Find it. You had your chance. Uh, yep. Movie and... I will make him watch. Hmm. That he hasn't seen. Yeah. Yeah. What about like... Uh... Ooh. Hmm. I have a good one. Damn. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, wait. Oh, you know what? I have one. Okay. Lay it on me. I, and it's not It's not even full-on torture. Okay. But it's... There's a selling point. All right. I'm listening. All right. He should have to watch... 2009's Miss March. <gasps> okay. 
I'm sold. Do you know why? Miles, do you know why? No. Because Miss March, the um, 2009 comedy, perhaps raunchy comedy, but, you know, they all have a a romantic aspect to it, right? Um, Here's the... uh, Came out on my birthday in 2009. Uh, 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. On the night that he and his high school sweetheart Cindy plan to consummate their love, mm-hmm. Eugene whacks his head and falls into a coma. <laughs> yeah. Four years later, Eugene wakes up and discovers that his erstwhile girlfriend is now a centerfold model in Playboy magazine. I'm sorry. Together uh, with his best yeah. So it's a- together with his best friend Tucker, Eugene embarks on a cross country trip to Hugh Hefner's world famous mansion to win Cindy back and rescue her from a life of decadence. This is so much better than Ryan's girl that I was going to make him watch. Or Ryan's babe, well, sorry. No, we we can still watch Ryan's babe, to be clear. All right. Well, Miles. But uh, yes, definitely. That sounds that sounds problematic to you? I mean, it doesn't sound like, fun, but I'm, no, I'm sure it'll great. be on the Well, what if I told end. you that it is, what if I told you it is written by, directed by, mm-hmm. and stars... Mm-hmm. Barbarian Zach Kreger. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. now, okay. it now is the, he's his, interested. It is his debut film. My, well, now my ears just perked up like a little golden retriever. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, Eugene is Zach Kreger. He is the full-on star of the film. Mm-hmm. And his co-writer and co-director, Trevor Moore, is Tucker. They did everything on this. Fascinating. Oh. Well, yeah, that sounds good to me then. All right. The uh, supporting cast includes uh, Craig Robinson. Um, and uh, Hugh Hefner as himself. What? As you do. As one does. Yeah. Oh. Okay. There you go. Well, thank so I think you. I I did well with that. You did excellent. Yes. Thank you. Hugh Hefner, by the way, nominated for a worst supporting actor Razzie for this. Aww. <laughs> oh, bless him. Oh, bless his little heart. <laughs> he tried. No, no. Bless his. Furiously beating heart from all the Viagra. Um, <laughs> so much Viagra. Yeah. Well, here's a dark joke. His heart certainly isn't beating anymore. Right, oh, on. no. What, too soon? He's only been <laughs> dead soon. 15 years? <laughs> That's way too soon. Too soon for the guy that we still can't figure out if we're canceling him or not? Mm-hmm. He comes close every time and they're like, but also. But also he's, um, wow. But... He's equally really good and really bad for women. It's. Hard to figure out what to do with him. Quite. But he's dead, so who cares? Um, <laughs> he's not doing anything for women ground. anymore. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, All right. Dear. So we'll be back with okay. final predictions next week. So this was, we got it all out of our system. We'll never go on tangents like that again. Ever. That's so funny that you think that. That's a that's a good that's one. That's a good joke you did, Joey. <laughs> I is funny. All right. (laughs) We will talk to you guys next week. Until then, um, stay safe. We'll see you at the movies. And uh, start prepping for 29 days of love, baby. Yes. Mm, Bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.